Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Faith Podcast. I am your host, Shannon Miller, and I would like to start off by saying a massive thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day or night, whichever it is, to check out the podcast, to want to be here, to listen and tune in and see if Fearless is something that you want to be a part of. I am beyond ecstatic and honored for this opportunity. I will say, however, that I am not a tech-savvy person. I'm not good with new technology and learning new software. So doing this podcast and having to go outside my comfort zone to learn new skills as far as the computer and editing software and all of that jazz, it's been quite difficult for me, but I do appreciate your patience. I'm not even using a professional microphone, so it's not going to be perfect content, but it's content nonetheless, and I am just so excited to be able to learn and grow in those areas, develop new skills so that I can improve the quality of these podcasts. But as for now, I am so excited to be here. I'm so thrilled for the doors that this is opening and the people that I'm able to make a difference for and get in contact with and people that I can inspire, but that can also inspire me. Um, So I want to go over in this podcast a few different things. I'd like to talk about who I am, give myself a general introduction, as well as talk about what is fearless and what is this podcast really about? What is the purpose? What is my drive in launching this podcast? So here goes the first episode or the pilot episode, if you will, and we'll go ahead and uh, get things rolling. As I mentioned earlier, my name is Shannon. I am 26 years old, and I was born and raised in the Seattle area on the east side. I grew up in a small family. There was just four of us in the nuclear family, my mom, my dad, my older sister, and me. My sister is older by a little over two years. I had a pretty great life growing up. We did a lot of things during the summer as a family. My dad was very into camping, so we had a motorhome and a boat, and we did kayaks and hiking and all that fun stuff. My parents had a very healthy marriage, so there wasn't a lot of fighting going on. And I did grow up in a Christian household And we did attend church regularly almost every week, unless there was a reason. Because I was brought up in church and born into the Christian faith, I became saved at the age of four. While I was very young, I knew from my experiences that God had a love unlike anything on this planet. I knew that there was so much more to my potential even at that age, that I was absolutely adamant about wanting more, wanting Jesus's love inside of me and wanting something to pursue that was so much bigger than myself or what this world had to offer. I remember one evening I was in the bathtub just praying and I told my mom, I want to be saved. I want Jesus's love inside of me. And while I had not experienced much of the world or of Bible. And although at that age, I didn't have very much knowledge of the Bible or the world and how life works, it was still 
even though at that age, I didn't have very much knowledge in terms of life and how the world works and the Bible in general, I did know that God's love was something deeper. I was baptized at the age of 12 in the church that I grew up in, and several things happened. And I rededicated my life a few different times between the ages of 15 and 23. I think everyone goes through something in their lives that causes them to turn away from God for a season. For some people, it's very obvious. They go into some very dark places for a very long time. For some people, it's very obvious. They go into very dark places for seasons that last quite a while. Whereas some people, it's very short-lived. But every time you go through something that is dark, every time you walk away from God for a season, whether it's one season or five years, you come back. I will say that everyone goes through seasons of their life, whether it's one short season or whether it is several long seasons that last for several years. We all have issues. Oh my gosh, okay. I will say that to some extent, everyone walks through seasons and phases where they take a break from God, where they don't honor him or live up to his commands or their expectations as Christians. And whatever that may be, it looks very different for every person. Although each time we have those seasons where we are away and we have departed, when we come back to Christ and come back to his love, it's so much stronger because we find that when we are Thank you. I will say that for everyone at some points has I will say that most everyone at some point has a season of their life, whether it's one short season or multiple seasons over the course of a number of years where we walk away from God. And it may not be obvious, it may not be directly turning our backs on him, but when we have seasons where we choose other roads and we choose other things that we know God wouldn't pick for us, but we live in the flesh, we seek things that, but we live in the flesh and oftentimes we want to pursue things that the world wants us to pursue and not necessarily things that God wants us to pursue. The interesting about those seasons and, and those little breaks from God is that each time we come back, we come back faster and we come back quicker and we come back to discover God on a deeper level because further, the longer that we are away from God and away from his love and away from this closeness, the more we realize that we need it, the more we crave it, the more that we miss it. Because when we're not in those environments, we understand how influential that was at the time. When we're always walking in tangent and we are living honorable lives, that is what we're called to do, absolutely. But by the same token, it doesn't always give us, 
But by the same token, we don't always realize how it's very easy to take God's love for granted. It's very easy to take his goodness and his blessings for granted when we live them day in and day out. And that's all we know. And while God doesn't want us to walk away from those things, it allows him a chance to let us come back to him and let us run to him instead of slowly turn around, but to really be in those deserts and those valleys where we say, God, I need you because I know right now that I don't. God is a loving God of grace who looks forward to when we turn around, the fact that we come running into his arms and the fact that we say, Lord, I miss you and I need you. And I've discovered those seasons without your closeness and without the intimacy of your heart. And I desire that now more than I ever did. That's just a little side note on seasons and how rededicating your life can be a truly powerful reconnection with the Lord. So currently my nuclear family is just my mom and I. My dad passed away, unfortunately, two months ago. And my sister has been estranged from the entire family for the past three and a half years. So it is currently my mom, me, and my husband. I got married this last May, so about seven months ago, to a wonderful, incredible man named Rick. Rick is the most awesome support system. He is my best friend. He is my teammate. He is the person of my heart. And I'm so blessed to be in this marriage with him it has been an incredible journey, an amazing opportunity, because every day we teach, this has been, our marriage has been an incredible opportunity. Our marriage has been an incredible journey and a phenomenal opportunity to teach each other something new. We learn new things about each other, about how to be better spouses and better friends for each other every day. We are constantly pushing each other to better succeed or we are constantly pushing each other to grow and to become better people and more like Christ every day. And it is a phenomenal experience. As far as my health goes, I was born with cystic fibrosis, which if you don't know what that is, it As far as my health goes, I was actually born with cystic fibrosis. Come on. As far as my health goes, I was actually born with a genetic lung disease called cystic fibrosis. And if you're not familiar with that, it is a disease where one of the genes does not allow sodium chloride to pass through the cells correctly. So because of that, you get excessive 
mucus and so because of that you get excessive mucus and secretion buildup because rather than our mucus being thin and watery like normal mucus and able to just clear and be absorbed by the body it's actually much much thicker and it is a perfect home for all kinds of random bacterium and bacteria so it is a perfect home for all kinds of crazy mycobacterium and infections and essentially what happens is bacteria attacks the lungs that normally regular people without that lung disease would just breathe in those mycobacteriums in the air and exhale them but someone with cf would breathe in those same my CF causes breakdown of the lungs and respiratory system because regular mycobacterium and bacteria and infections in the air that healthy people just breathe in and breathe out. When people with CF breathe in those same bacteriums, they actually stick to the lungs and they create a cesspool in the secretions. And then that bacteria and those infections brood and recreate. And then pretty soon you have multiple bacteria, funguses, infections in the lungs. I was able to soar all the way until the age of 14 without getting admitted or having any kind of a CF lung exacerbation, which is pretty rare. However, from the ages of 14 to 23, I gradually started getting worse, having more recurrent infections and worse infections. I was in the hospital more and more. And then at the age of 23, my pulmonologist said, it is time to refer you to the transplant center. So I got my evaluation done. I went through all of the tests, trials, all that to check out everything else. I cleared the boxes and I was put on the transplant list on January 19th of 2020. Being on the transplant wait list in itself was completely indescribable. It is near impossible to explain what it is like to wait every single moment, every single day for that call from the hospital for donor lungs. I was blessed enough to receive a bilateral lung transplant on July 24th, 2017. I had deteriorated to the point of being on oxygen, then being on the BiPAP for carbon dioxide retention. And then I was actually put on something called ECMO, which is extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. And then I was put on something called ECMO, which stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. That is the most advanced form of life support that they have. I was blessed enough to receive a perfect pair, a perfect donor match for me. And I am forever grateful for that gift and these lungs that I'm able to breathe beautifully with. Only five months into having my new lungs, I went into what is called acute cellular rejection. I went through, some, I went through several treatments for that, 
And then the following August, eight months later, I was also diagnosed with something called acute. And then I was also diagnosed with something called antibody-mediated rejection. There are two types of rejection. There is ACR and AMR, and I had both of them. The damage that that took on my lungs, the damage and the toll that took on my lungs led into what is called chronic rejection. Officially diagnosed two years after transplant in July of 2019, they told me I had chronic rejection where it wasn't ever going to go away. It could either stabilize or decline slowly or rapidly. There's really no way to anticipate that. They were also finding in my trends of one of my pulmonary functions that I had a type of chronic rejection known as bronchiolitis obliterans syndrome. That is something that also never really goes away. They don't see it reverse, but my doctor said it's possible it could stabilize. He's had patients that have had it stable for 20 years, while at the same token, I had really declined from August of 2019 till November of 2019. Within those three months, my FEV1 dropped significantly, and my doctor had told me, if this continues at this rate, you'll have about a year or less. I didn't really have many treatment options left. I had already done all the stuff that they do to treat both kinds of rejection, and I had not shown positive results. So because of that, they opted to, yes? Yes? What? Oh, no, it's fine. Go ahead. I'm going to run and get a few things. Um, do you guys have things for dinner? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to make something? No, it's fine. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna make something. I'm just like... Uh, we'll probably just do our own thing. We have plenty of stuff in the freezer. I mean, I have stuff too. I mean, I was, I was going to get something. I just, I don't, we're going to take a drive. We're going to go for a drive. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what time we're going to be here. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, so you're on your own and we're on our own? Yeah, like don't plan to make for us okay. because I don't know what we're doing. Okay, perfect. Okay. In June, this past June, I started kind of a last resort treatment called extracorporeal photophoresis, which is a treatment that I'm doing at Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. It's been an incredible treatment. I have felt amazing on it. And contrary to the trends of bronchiolitis obliterans, my FEV1, which is the lung function that they look at primarily with BOS, has actually doubled. It's gone from 33% to 67%. So the results have been absolutely amazing. God has been so incredible in answering these prayers.
Transplant teams will consider retransplantation or transplantation for the first time when your FEV is anywhere under 40. So the fact that I was 33 and went all the way to 67 is absolutely remarkable. So what is FEARLESS? Let's go ahead and get into that. FEARLESS is an acronym that stands for one of two things, and that's kind of how we handle life. As you may have noticed, the fear in FEARLESS is capitalized, and that is why. The two options you have for just about any situation, because we choose how we respond as people. We choose how we react and how we respond to people, to situations, to circumstances. The first choice you have is to face everything and rise, or the second choice you have is to forget everything and run. Fearless is a transplant. Fearless is a Facebook page that I created back in January of 2017. I was on oxygen. I was just finishing up my transplant evaluation at that time before I got listed on the 19th. And I had come up with this. And I had seen this posted somewhere with that acronym. And I was like, it's so true. You really do have two options. And so I called it Fearless and it was originally created as a Facebook page to update friends and family who we don't regularly. It was originally made as just a Facebook page to update friends and family for It was originally created as just a Facebook page to update friends and family who are out of state that we don't see or keep in contact with very often. I have a ton of family over in Minnesota, so it was a good way to be able to post appointment updates and keep them in the loop. But pretty soon, Fearless really kind of exploded. It was being shared all over the country. I had friends that I'd never met before who were I was being prayed for by people that I never even met. The outpour was amazing. I would post updates on my hospitalizations, make funny videos, my silly antics. I'm very goofy in general, so it was very fun to brighten people's day and keep them updated as to how things were going. Fearless is still something that we keep active with, not as much as we used to. Fearless is still something that is up and running and that we are posting and updating everybody just for various things. And it's been really fun to interact and to get to know some people through that. The backbone, the backbone or the foundation of Fearless has been my struggles. It's been my challenges that I encounter with my health and all of the twists and turns in this crazy life that God has paved the way for me for. I do believe the purpose of Fearless is to reach others and to touch others and to inspire others and to invite them into my life and invite them into 
this world and this path and this journey that God is leading me on. It has taught me so much about what takeaways there are, that there is always a takeaway, there's always a lesson, there's always a way to grow through the encounters that we have with pain, through struggles, through frustrations, through times of hardship and times where we have no control, that there is always a way to grow, a way to learn, something to that there's always a way to grow, a way to learn something new to say, hey, this is my takeaway. This is how it's impacted me. This is how it's made me stronger. And this is what I want to do to share with others and to thank them and make them stronger as well. The doors that Fearless has opened has been absolutely incredible. The people that have found it along the years, people that have been there from the beginning and people that have just recently joined, it's so fun to constantly see the conversations and the interactions and the comments that go on. And it's really just been an amazing source of joy. My focus in making this a podcast stemming from this Facebook page is really a new way to reach people. It's sharing content on a deeper level, a more open level, a level, a level where anybody can listen and understand and compare their own experiences and what they've gone through or what they're going through to my story. In addition, I don't want to waste, I refuse to waste the content, the, the thoughts, the ideas that God has laid on my heart and on my minds. I want to use those things for his glory. I want to use those things for others that bring him glory so that I want to use those things for other people. I want Fearless to be a work of Christ. That's where my drive and my motive is heading with all of this. Recently, I had been wondering, what is the highest calling as a believer? What is the greatest thing that God could call you to do by his standards? And at first, I had this inkling that, well, maybe it's creation. I had this thought that, you know, essence, I had this thought that, you know, creation is the essence of existence. I mean, God spoke everything into motion, into being, into what they are. And we are also called to create, to use our life as tools and resources to help others and to show others what God is doing in our lives. 
the greatest form of encouragement we can receive is for God doing things through other people for us. So while I was searching around and trying to figure out what is the highest calling, I came across a article by Proverbs 31 Ministries, and it talks about how our highest calling isn't necessarily an action, but it's a place. And while faith requires actions and God can put the pen in your hand, but he can't write the story for you, it's also true that availability and the ability to surrender in closeness with your relationship with Christ, surrendering to his will. What is that place? That place is being close to Christ so that when he calls, when he beckons for you, you hear your shepherd's voice. And the greatest problem for, I think, a lot of people is that they aren't close enough in quarters with Christ so that when he calls them, they hear. They're so far out in left field doing their own thing, being turned left and right by the enemy, that when they hear the voice of their shepherd, they don't know it's their shepherd's voice. So the greatest thing we can do is be close to him and he will show us what we need to do. The rest of the stuff, the effort, all of the action pieces, they will fall into place because we will know that when we're close to God, it will all make sense. We will know what we have to do and he will equip us to do those things. There's a huge emphasis on availability and surrendering because those two things are really the two major facets that God needs to be able to do what he wants to do with your heart and through your life. When we surrender, we give up our life to Christ and we say, Lord, bear my cross. What are your... And when we say, Lord, I'm yours, use me, take me, have me at your will, because I'm yours. I do not belong to the world. I do not belong to the, the demand. I do not belong to the demands of the culture. I do not belong to the desires of other people. I belong to you and you alone. So as I focus on my relationship with God and what I need to be set up for success, what I need to be close to him, what I need to feel him and have him impact my life and influence my life in the way that I know he can and the way that I crave for him to do so, that I have to make myself available and willing, that I have to be ready and listening and aware. And when he says, go, I go. God plants certain things on our heart that have flame. He sets fires in our souls for things that are of our purpose and our calling. And he builds us and he creates us and knits us with certain tools and certain elements and suit and strong suits and certain characteristics that he can use and that he's desiring to use for those things. So the closer we are to Christ, the more our heart is going to be on fire and our soul is going to be on fire for the way in which he wants us to go and the things in which he wants us to pursue and serve in.
Our calling is a beautiful thing, and it's so much more than a vocation or a ministry to make money or people who are able to keep themselves thriving and sustained off a paycheck from ministry. And while there's absolutely no shame in having a job where you can get paid to do ministry, and I think that's really cool, to be honest, um, but there's also that element of, Lord, I want this because you want it, and I'll do whatever it takes to get there. There's something more to be said for a calling than simply a vocation. It's way more than just, oh, I'm getting paid to do ministry. And while that is incredible for people who... So thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I am so excited for the upcoming episodes and even some series I want to get started. So let's go ahead and close. We will see what God will do with this channel and with, we will see what God will do with this podcast and um, we will see what God will do with this podcast. And again, thank you so, so much for being here. I'm excited for the next one and I wish you guys uh, the best and we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks for tuning in.